This is my PhD experience podcast, the podcast devoted to graduate students, aspiring students, early career researchers interested in learning tips to help them get hired in graduate school and excel as a researcher. I am your host, Anthony. Yeah, today we are going to try something different. Something different in the sense that there are lots of societal issues you know, that we can use this podcast to talk about. And today, I try to experiment with one of those societal issues. I had recently written an article titled, Why We Must Challenge the Dangerous Sexual Double Standard. And I thought, why not bring uh, a gender expert to discuss this article. The article emanated from a video that went viral of a young man who was who caught his girlfriend in an hotel with another man and he not only brutalized the lady, he recorded the video himself, or I mean the friend recorded the video of him brutalizing the lady and I analyzed the conversation and I felt like no, this is, this is uh, unacceptable. So that's what motiv- that was what motivated my, my writing of that article. I can quickly read it. So a video of a young man who was who caught his girlfriend in a hotel with another man was widely circulated on social media yesterday. In that video, we could see a poorly behaved young man who has internalized the dangerous sexual double standard that excuses men's cheating but violently attacks a woman for similar behavior. To the young man, cheating is tolerable if you are a man, but not so if you are a woman. A woman caught cheating must therefore be humiliated, ridiculed and beaten. Such a double dance standard is dangerous and must be seriously challenged. We have seen a rise in gender-based violence recently. One could not divorce this increase from gender norms that expect women to be virtuous but men irresponsible. For a cheating man to have the guts to raise his hands and slap a lady for pointing out his habitual cheating is deplorable. We have to teach men and boys to do better. Men and boys need to know that they do not have the right to dominate women physically, even in marriage. That's The article is such a short article and that's it. That's what my guests will be reacting to today. Um, I brought a gender expert, although he's going to introduce himself, but I think he is the most suitable person to discuss uh, this topic, given his previous work on the issue. So I'm bringing no other person than Dr. Adiago Uluwafemi. He's been my friend for quite a while. Welcome to my PhD experience podcast, Dr. Femi. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, Anthony for having me. Uh, hi listeners, uh, my name is Aliagolu Afemi. Um, I am uh, currently a researcher hello, at the University of South Carolina. Uh, that's at the school, Arnold School of Public Health, University of South Carolina. And previously, I was a senior um, social scientist at the African Health Research Institute in South Africa. And also, I'm currently visiting uh, associate professor uh, at the University of Johannesburg, that's the Department of Sociology. Uh, th- yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. So, 
I know you saw the article I wrote on why we must challenge the dangerous sexual double standard. Mm. You know, and the, the article I wrote was in reaction to a video of a young man who caught his girlfriend in a hotel with another man. The video was widely circulated about, uh, uh, I think, two months ago. And in that video, you could see a poorly, a poorly behaved young man who has internalized the dangerous sexual double standard that excuses men's cheating, but violently attacks a woman for similar behavior. So the young man, cheating is tolerable if you're a man, but not so if you're a woman. A woman caught cheating must therefore be humiliated, ridiculed, and beaten. Such a double standard is dangerous and must be seriously challenged. So we have seen a rise in gender-based violence recently, and one could not divorce this increase from gender norms that expect women to be virtuous, but men irresponsible. So for a cheating man to have the God to raise his hand and slap a lady for pointing out his habitual cheating is deplorable. We have to teach men and boys to do better. Men and boys need to know that they do not have the right to dominate women physically, even in marriage. That's a short summary of the article. It troubles me that a young man could be so poorly behaved. Poorly behaved in the sense that he not only violently attacked the lady, he actually made a recording of it and thought it's something he could share. So there is the poor behavior part of it. And there is the audacity to record and share it online. And in that video, you could see him saying that it's okay for a guy to cheat. I'm a man. I can cheat, but you cannot cheat. So what is your take on the video? Well, thanks for bringing these up again. Um, this is, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, see, uh, uh, this same thing that our community, uh, society keep on perpetuating uh, gender-based violence and some of these things that we've learned directly or indirectly uh, from our father, the, you know, our fathers, uh, the society has taught us that uh, what, you know, what a man, a man can have many wives or many concubines, but a woman cannot do that, you know. And the way the boy attacked the girl was really surprising to me because it's just boyfriends and girlfriends, right? These are girls' girlfriends and boyfriends. <laughs> you're not married to her. She's not married to you. So it, it's, you know, it, it troubles me as well. I wouldn't lie to you. And I wouldn't, on a more serious note, I wouldn't put the blame totally on the boy. Mm. You know why? Mm. We, this, our society, you know, that happened in Nigeria. Let's put mm. it in a context. And growing up in Nigeria, I grew up in Nigeria as well. Mm. Uh, growing up in Nigeria, in my environment, this is socially constructed and it's been passed from one generation to another. You will see how our fathers beat our mothers to, mm. to, to show, to exert their authority, to show that we are in control, to show even if our mothers were family, our fathers still wanted to show that I am the man. That's why you see a man marrying a rich woman, right? And if there is a problem and the, you know, the man will still go out of that marriage with a lot of things, they can even say that the man owns the property, not the woman. Mm. Mm. And to, to a large extent, women seems to be, we, 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 you know, a woman seems to be a, a man's property in our culture. Mm. 
which I think is very, very bad. And that's a kind of unhealthy gender relations that happened there. Because when I saw the video, I thought about to say, yes, maybe many years ago, maybe I might do the same thing. I don't know. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Hmm. I can cheat, but you cannot cheat. That's a, that, that is dangerous. Hmm. Hmm. And even that drives, as much as Nigeria has a very long, you know, large population, right? We don't talk about HIV. That drive, that's in that problem. That's one of the things that is driving the HIV epidemics in Nigeria. Hmm. Over 1.9 million people are living with HIV in Nigeria, and less than 50% of the population know their HIV status. Hmm. So, other than HIV, this is violence. And you know what violence does to people? We mm. know that even in South Africa, a, viol- a woman who had previously been violated is eight times more vulnerable to HIV acquisition compared to the person who has never been violated. Violence is bad. Some of the things that we do that we don't know that are violent, mm. I'm telling you, I was um, interviewing some young men in South Africa because Nigeria and South Africa share similar stuff when it comes to patriarchy, mm. when it comes to violence, and when it comes to unhealthy patriarchy. Mm. You, you understand? I was talking to these young men in a focus group discussion, and I was like, is it always good to beat women? They said, no. I said, but then why, why do we see this uh, you know, from time to time in our communities? They said, you know, sometimes you need to clap your girl. I said, what do you mean by clap? You need to beat her to know that you are in charge. <laughs> this, I'm, I'm talking about nine, ten, between nine to ten, year, ten years old boys. <laughs> you need to beat. I said, why would you think like that? He said, because that's exactly what I see. Some of our uncles and our fathers, that's what they do in our community. They beat them. And even some of the women, they wanted to be beaten so that they, they know that their husband loved them. Hmm. It's like, okay, interesting. Hmm. This is that. And Nigerian society, as well as our culture in Nigeria, gives that glory, I don't know, on, on, on necessary glory or power, valorized masculinity. Hmm. Which I think is bad. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm still unlearning it. I won't lie to you. Hmm. You want to start? I, you know, I do. You know, for anyone who cares to listen, I know some men. They can't go to the kitchen. I was brought up in a way that I, I, I you know, I, I washed plates. I, I did dishes. I swept the floor with broom, hmm. not with vacuum cleaner or anything. Hmm. I, I, I walked. I did some of those things that normally a lady would do in a household. Hmm. But growing up. Because of my community, I started shedding them. As a single man, I did them. When I got married, I was like, oh, come on, come on now. Alpha and Omega. Mm. But I, I I quickly played the, something in my brain to say, when, when I was single, I was doing this. What is wrong with you? So I started doing them. Anyone who cares to listen, I tell you, I do dishes. Even if some of my friends called me, like, what are you doing? I said, I'm washing dishes. They'd be like, but you have a dishwasher. Why are you not using it? But I love and I enjoy washing dishes. Was that I use that time to bond with my wife, to bond with my children. Hmm. Hmm. And some of the things that we think, uh, you know, it gives us masculine power. You can use those period, that period, to to bond with your family. Hmm. Do the dishes. Do all of. So going back to that boy's case. It is the it is the environment, and until we start changing unhealthy, until we start talking about unhealthy gender relations 
in our community, especially between uh, males and females in our in Nigerian society. I'm telling you, there is so much violence in Nigeria. I'm telling you, and a lot of people are dealing with mental health issue that mm. that people don't know. Mm. You know, stigma, stigma with single motherhood, stigma with not being married at 30 years old, stigma with being poor, stigma with being, you know, being unsuccessful male, stigma with being unsuccessful, stigma with HIV, stigma with everything in Nigeria. Everything is highly stigmatized. Mm. And that is the problem. See the level, see, that boy was trying to stigmatize the girl, calling her a prostitute indirectly. Mm. That was what he was trying to do by posting the video online. And he said categorically to her, I am a man, I can cheat. You are a woman. Who says a woman cannot cheat? Mm. So we need to start talking about unhealthy gender relationship in our community if we have to see some of these changes you know and we need to a concerted efforts we need to put concerted efforts into this because we are drawn in the culture of hyper masculinity and patriarchy because it favors it favors the men i won't lie to you mm-hmm. it favors them. yeah mm-hmm. but i think the narrative is gradually changing but we still have a long way to go Absolutely, we do have a long way to go. You know, you, when you see a lot of violence that happen, you see femicide, you know, even even um, even more recently, there's another video, sorry, there's another story of uh, of a boy, a boy of 20 years old that lured a girl to for, for one phony job interview and raped and killed her. I don't know whether you've also heard about the story. This one happened about uh, two weeks ago. No, I don't. Maybe, yeah, maybe about two weeks ago, even less than a week ago. Um, and the boy was, you know, well, the boy was brought and he was interviewed. And I just kept thinking to myself, why on earth would a twenty-year-old lead a twenty-six-year-old girl? university graduate for one funny job interview just to rape and kill her you know there's a lot of violence happening and these are just the ones we've heard about there are so many unrecorded ones we have a toxic culture of masculinity that we need to begin to challenge not only to challenge we need to begin to address so maybe quickly you can tell us one or two things that we can begin to do to tackle this issue, maybe at family level, at community level, and even at um, structural level, like um, like churches, from policy point of view, what are some of the things you could begin to do to challenge this sexual double standard or what I call toxic masculinity? Well, thank you very much. Um... I think some of, I'm sorry, so I don't like going there, but I'll just touch on it quickly. Some of our, our religious leaders, they also perpetrate the same. Hmm. Using the, a place of, you're a charismatic leader, you're in a place of authority. You should address some of these. But some of the things they say actually uh, perpetrate or facilitate this um, hierarchical gender relations between males and females and you know thinking about rape i think those things you know some of these violence are underreported in nigeria because of the stigma i'll go back to the issue of stigma attached to them i think people need to start people need to start coming out and talk about it 
don't care don't look don't i'm 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 just take it upon yourself it has happened you need to talk about it you know i've seen some, a lot of things on twitter whereby people only spoke about their um, rape experience after five, ten years because of they are afraid of the society so the problem is the society we need to start changing the narrative about what this is to so whatever even if a lecturer touches you look at you you know a lecturer touches you in appropriate manner it's rare it's it's a sexual assault it should be reported and it should be dealt with because we don't you know people act with this idea of impunity in nigeria that's why you keep all this thing repeating you know themselves because even the the, the the institution in terms of policy in terms of law has not done enough to bring um corporates to jo- you know to book you you understand if they've done enough people would have stopped harassing others even screaming yelling at people it's a it's a kind of it's a type of violence but we don't talk about some of these things conductor yelling at you banging the door you know mental torture right left so the, the, the in nigeria the system from the religious group from the law actually everything favors the perpetrators so and for us to to do, we need to start talking about them you know try to do a lot of work on this stigmatization so that the victims can come out and say it the way it is give them the platform the safe space to talk about it and the the, the authority i'm talking about legal or you know authority the government should be able to do something about it and whatever you know you know what bring the corporate you know judge you know bring the corporate give whatever sentence you want to give to the corporate and do it in a kind of timely manner no wait for the next 10 years on rape case Mm-hmm. So the mental torture for the for the victims, you know, even physical violence, all of those the bullying at schools, these are things that should be dealt. I, we were bullied a lot at school. I was called many names. I also called people many names. We didn't know this, you know, we, we didn't know what it was until now. And I said, oh, this, I actually bullied people. People actually bullied me, and these are and they had mental effect. I can tell you, I still remember how I, I was I, I was I was treated in my in my primary school. Hmm. So we need to yeah we need to start talking about them maybe we need to we need more more organizations to start you know giving that um, you know, victims a safe space to talk about their experience and government should please try and investigate it correctly and I know corruption is another problem in Nigeria someone you call in to come and investigate a case because maybe the co- the victim is a uh, is rich pay some money to you mean to, the perpetrator is rich right the pap- sorry the perpetrator yeah mm. yeah sorry yeah and they, they can just sweep the case under the you know under the under the ground mm. so we need to start talking about it and the mm. government needs to support the victims and don't tell them don't accuse them don't stigmatize them don't say why did you go there listen to them first mm. because we st- first thing we do is to judge them mm. why did you go there because that's what parents also do why did you go there it's not about why it's about what the person did hmm. so I, i think we need to start looking at things from that perspective as well hmm. yeah i think those are those are very important insights you know from 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 a program point of view uh here at the african population at an health research center 
we began programming very early adolescence because very little exists on very early adolescence, even in terms of research as well as in terms of intervention. And this is when young people actually learn this sexual double standard. You know, you might think that a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old, you know, uh, does not know anything. But it's not true. A 10-year-old actually know a lot and they are observing, they are learning. So it's important at that stage for parents to actually begin to inculcate better norms. Mm. At that early age, parents have a role, the school have a role, the community have a role, the church have a role. They need to teach people, young people in particular, about the norms of good behavior. Not this, you know, man is the alpha and omega of a family and must biggest uh, meat and fish nonsense. At that stage, they must be taught that we are all created equal. Yeah, we are all created equal, and we need to treat people with dignity. It will go a long way in reducing the, the the violence we are witnessing. You know, in and, in and in addition to that, another thing that I that I noticed from you know years of research is that, especially in a in a, in a, in a, in a context you know settings like Nigeria, right? Some people don't actually know that what they are doing is violence. They don't know. We need to start telling people different kinds. We need to start teaching them different kinds of violence. Hmm. What violence is. People don't know. I'm telling you. If I yell at someone now, you don't know it's violent. It's verbal abuse. Hmm. That's violence. So we, do, so we need to start teaching people what violence is. Really, the new generation, you know, I, I, there was a project I was doing. I, I you know, we, we say catch them young. We need to start catching them young. Mm. And we use the spaces where men meet, like social clubs, taverns, you know, soccer match area, to teach them about unhealthy gender relations, mm. about violence, different kinds of violence, how to identify it, what they can do, and how to be patient. And also teach women too, using the women associations, using the church, in you know, the women groups in church, in, deep, in, 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 in mosques, everywhere, to teach them about how also to bring up men, young men that respect women, and young women that respect men. Because you'll be surprised that in, in this, that's now a setting, women also violate women. Women violate women, women violate men, men violate men, men violate women. So we all of us, we even research, I think we also need from programming perspective too, we need to conduct a lot of community, we do a lot of community mobilizations, you know, like, you know, to do a kind of promotion about gender relations and also do a lot of research as well. And that's another thing that is affecting our community. We need we need to do research to know the level of violence in our community, including our universities. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, I know there are some funders that are interested in social behavioral change, um, but I think we as researchers also need to begin to explore some of these ideas and turning them into uh, proposals to get funders to fund some of this work because we can't continue to neglect 
or ignore young people. We need to build their agency to inculcate norms that are enduring, norms that, that, that treat both gender equally, even for even for gender minorities as well, I know them. It's like a double jeopardy in our setting. If you are, if you are, if you are a female and you're a lesbian in Nigeria, yeah, yeah. your your level your level of exposure to violence is even more than doubled. You know, yeah. mm. all, all those things we need we need to begin to tackle them because those things are like you said, happen out of ignorance. People don't actually know that they're perpetrating violence. So it's very, very important that we, we, we do more research, we, do, we, we, we implement more programs that challenge the gender norms and, and, and begin to teach people the norms of good behavior. I think um, that, that's about it. Thank you for, for your time. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on this issue. We will continue to engage on issues that we consider very important on this podcast and uh, we'll continue to bring you experts experts in numerous fields people with phd people that have done lots of research to come and share their experience not only their personal experience but on some societal issues as well i think that's probably some new areas of our podcast our podcast is growing and uh, make sure you share it widely and I'm sure there's a lot to benefit, there's a lot to gain from our, from the experiences of the experts we bring. Thank you for listening to this episode. See you next time. <laughs>